Hello, this is Thomas Lloyd, Artistic Director of the Bucks County Choral Society, welcoming you to the third episode in a series of podcasts introducing the monumental setting of the Latin Requiem Mass by the early Romantic French composer Hector Berlioz. We are encountering the unequaled originality of the Berlioz setting of these ancient words by comparing his music to that of Mozart and Verdi, setting the same texts. We're going through the movements in order, but feel free to jump in at any episode. The central themes run throughout the work. In his still authoritative 1980 article, Berlioz's Divine Comedy, Edward T. Cohn states this underlying theme with wonderful clarity. The Berlioz Requiem is, quote, not so much the celebration of a mass as the emotional experiences of a contemplative auditor attending such a mass, one who, allowing his imagination full play, visualizes himself as present at the wonderful and terrible scenes described, and who returns to reality at the conclusion of the service with a consequent sense of catharsis, unquote. As we discussed earlier, Berlioz divides the text of the central Dies Irae sequence prayer into five movements. The first, third, and fifth of those movements involve brass choirs and timpani surrounding the audience to portray the final judgment. Sandwiched in between those movements are two minimally scored, purely melodic vocal movements representing the soul of humanity pleading for mercy and redemption. To again quote Edward Cohn, the purpose of this formal arrangement and alterations of the original text to support it is, quote, to intensify the contrast between the public and the private, between the imagined cataclysm and a terrified personal reaction, unquote. The first of those two movements of personal reaction is quid sum miser, the text of the original prayer itself moves from the third person to the first person. Quid sum miser tunc dicturus, quem patronum rogaturus, cum vix justus sit securus. What am I, a wretch, then to say? Who will protect me when even the just man is not safe? Mozart gives these words extended treatment in the second half of his tuba mirum movement, first as stated quite plangently by the soprano soloist, and then rather haltingly by the solo quartet.
Verdi takes this same treatment one step further with a heartfelt mezzo-soprano solo that could come out of the voice of one of the beleaguered mezzo-heroines often found in his greatest operas. Two other soloists then join in counterpoint before Verdi concludes with a third section containing the same kind of hesitant, staggered response as Mozart to the thought that not even the just man may be spared. In contrast, Berlioz makes little use of soloists, except for the tenor and the heavenly sanctus toward the end. But he does treat individual sections of the chorus as soloists, resulting in a more restrained expression that nevertheless can seem even more internal and personal as a result. Recalling the words of Edward Cohn, the listener is easily drawn into the vivid imagination of a contemplative auditor. After a brief introduction by the English horns and bassoons playing the two opening melodies already heard at the beginning of the Dies Irae movement, we hear the unison cellos and basses of the orchestra go back and forth between the two melodies with the tenor section of the choir. No other instruments, no other voice parts, no harmony, just two melodies in solitary conversation.
Berlioz extends this movement by bringing in two additional stanzas from later points in the Dies Irae sequence prayer. The first is the Recordare stanza that begins one of Mozart's most beloved passages in his Requiem. Recordare Jesu pie, quod sum causa tua vie, ne me perdas illa die. Remember, merciful Jesus, that I am the cause of your life on this earth. Do not cast me out on that day. Verdi also sets these words to a plangent solo melody, again in the sympathetic voice of the mezzo-soprano soloist. Instead of an extended melody, Berlioz again has the tenor section alone passing parts of melodies from the Dies Irae back and forth with the English horns and bassoons and with the cellos. This creates an even more spare texture. Having not only heard but felt the massive forces of the previous movement, we now have a palpable sense of the empty space left behind and the solitude of the resulting emptiness in which the fearful and solitary soul reaches out for mercy, uncertain if anyone will hear.
Berlioz concludes this spare movement with a sense of urgency, with another first-person stanza pulled in from the end of the Dies Irae sequence prayer, Oro suplex et aclinis, cor contritum quasi cinis, gere cura mei finis. I pray, supplicant and kneeling, my heart contrite as if it were in ashes. Care for me in my final hour. This sense of urgency prepares us for the return of the cosmic forces of the Rex Tremende movement immediately following. It is hard to really appreciate, outside of a live performance, how great the contrast is between filling this vast cosmic space of our imagination on the one hand with full orchestra and multiple brass choirs and reducing it on the other to a mere handful of instruments and voices. The forces he calls on from the orchestra and chorus are both at one time far greater than Verdi imagined and also far less than either Verdi or Mozart could have thought of. A dramatic contrast that takes place not on a stage that we can see, but the stage of our imagination. Thank you again for listening to this podcast of the Bucks County Choral Society, introducing the remarkable music of the Berlioz Requiem in advance of our Sunday, March 18, 2018 performance of the work at Our Lady of Guadalupe Church in Doylestown. For more information and tickets, go to buckschoral.org. Recordings on this podcast were of John Elliott Gardner conducting the Mozart Requiem, Colin Davis's 1985 recording of the Berlioz Requiem, and Ricardo Muti's 1995 recording of the Verdi Requiem with the Philharmonia Orchestra and mezzo-soprano Agnes Balza.